0: Huh. oh I do feel that, like with all those allegations going around that he abused Amber Heard his ex-wife sad
1: see I don't know if I, if I buy that
0: and that's She's my point crazy. exactly but see, this is exactly like what we're talking about like guys you know people don't oh, believe it's see true. my point exactly it's true. you don't know
1: hello everyone Welcome to a very special episode of your favorite podcast, Catching Foxes. We're here with, I think, our first family guest. Is that true? Yes.
0: I feel so honored.
2: Emily? Well, Hello. I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, maybe um, Matt Frad. he's kind of like the twin <laughs> that we've never <laughs> wanted.
1: He's, he's <laughs> the good-looking older brother that we never had who's a year
2: younger than me. <laughs> um <laughs> well uh, so we're stuck here today with oh emily me what you yep you yep. yeah, yeah <laughs> and say your real last name because i
1: can't say mine
0: um emily navarro which still <laughs> which still makes me related to you no matter what you say
1: i know so for everyone who does not know so basically everyone who's not our aunt d emily is my little baby sister If you can count the middle child as a as a baby sister.
0: Technically we're 19 months apart because I think I was a mistake.
1: So Sin baby, sin baby. (laughs) So (laughs) all right, we're gonna do (laughs) we're gonna do our best here to not just have this be a whole bunch of inside jokes. So can we just get them all out and then like in (laughs) the next minute really quick? Sing
2: (laughs) here. Why don't we just um have you tell uh, embarrassing stories of luke the entire
0: time. i would love i have so many like i don't even know where to begin
2: how about the earliest you can remember
0: <laughs> um so even though i'm luke's younger sister i'm the one that would protect him on the playground because everyone wanted to beat him up
1: that's not true uh, <laughs> is that true i don't remember that
0: yes um but then i mean obviously i was allowed to make fun of luke I would ask him to race me down to the street cause I could outrun him.
1: <laughs> that part's true. <laughs> okay. So it turns out I have a very heavy walk because I have a high arch.
0: Okay. But this is like, okay. Amazing to me because <laughs> Luke text, um, our family and was like, Oh my gosh, guys, um, apparently the reason why I walk so loud is because I have high arches in my feet. And I'm like, you're just now realizing this. I knew this back in the day. Um, and I don't know if any of you guys have had the pleasure of seeing Luke's feet, but his toes are all curled under, um, it's quite the sight. Uh, <laughs> and so when I was younger, I would try to straighten them because obviously it was very painful for him.
1: It's only one toe that curls under. Oh, no, like, it's straight, all of them. no, they don't all curl under. I mean, it's... one's definitely a hammer toe. <laughs> straight up like c- curling. I'm trying to I'm doing a curling motion which you can't see on a podcast, so sorry about that everyone. Let me tell you an, an embarrassing story about Emily really quick.
0: If you if it's... Yay <laughs>
1: uh, so this is uh,
0: this is I know uh,
1: what you're
2: gonna say too, I hate you. <laughs> wait, oh okay, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that one. So we, Guys, you're doing it. You're sorry, doing it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Going inside. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry.
0: Sorry,
1: not sorry. Uh, we uh hate to offend. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, um so we went to the great Dorothy market one time and Can I to
0: say it's not just a grocery store, it's a lifestyle
1: proceed. Yeah, absolutely. Hashtag DLM, hashtag bow ties. Uh, <laughs> still doing it. <laughs> What are you talking about? The Everyone knows what we're talking about here.
0: Yeah, um, we've taken you there before. Come on.
1: Yeah, you've been there like three or four times. I, I would I'd take you on a tour every time that we were there. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, we're like, I'm probably like ten. Emily's like eight or nine, and we buy our food, and, they, and the cashier lady goes, "You do boys have fun now."
0: because <laughs> apparently i think my parents wanted two boys my name was actually supposed to be james and uh i was quite the surprise when i came out as a girl so they just cut my hair really short all the time i mean like bull cut
1: really short so <laughs> and emily also had fangs that was pretty cool
0: I it took a while for me to lose my baby teeth,
1: <laughs> like fangs and glasses, till about her junior year of high school.
0: But no, it was until my sophomore year. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was about to say, I think I met her her junior year. Yeah, she didn't have fangs.
0: No, on. I finally got my braces out and contacts, and my whole life changed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and all of a sudden, you went from the front of the class to the back of the class. We're all the cool kids. Hung out. Yes,
0: I finally was accepted.
2: Everything's coming up Millhouse.
0: <laughs> Why so, did I have the bull, Bart? Why did like... I have the bull?
1: <laughs> Nobody's gay for bull, man. Oh <laughs>
2: this
1: is so great. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sorry for Goldberg just being quiet. Yeah, he, he, he has nothing to say.
2: Or Go. Nope. <laughs> are, yep. Nothing to say and nothing to listen so, to. Wait, I'm wait, wait, not hold invited. on real
0: fast. Can I just yes. bring it up that Luke and Aaron are depriving the world of the most epic picture of Gomer and I from your wedding, Luke?
1: Oh, yeah. We, we need to put that up on Facebook. It's really cool. Where is it? Uh, it's on a flash drive.
0: <laughs> Gomer, we look like, I mean, we could be in like Brides Today magazine.
2: We looked at it. Oh, hello. Yeah. That's cool. I just don't, Usually I don't look like I could be in a bride's magazine.
0: <laughs> <but I'm, laughs> I just don't think it's fair for everyone that they're missing out on it.
2: I agreed. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, okay, so here's the deal. I will find that picture, and that can be the cover art for this episode. Perfect. Okay, so there's a reason why we have you here, and it's not just to talk about old uh, old memories or to drop like random uh, lines from the <laughs> Look what happened to me without my pills.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are wolves after it, me. It's cold and the wolves are after me. <laughs>
1: okay, I promise go more. We're done. Um so so like we're here to really just kinda like talk about um you after the whole Trump stuff happened, when the tape came out, um, I believe it was last uh last weekend on Saturday. It would have been our October, like what the
0: I think it was actually Friday.
1: Oh, it was on Friday? Okay. So hey um a week ago from when the vast majority of our listeners heard this, uh, there was a tape that came out of him in 2005. He was on all, like some show called All Access or all, I don't know.
0: Hollywood Access.
1: Hollywood Access, okay. And he was on a bus with Billy Bush, who was a guy. And Trump just made really horrible comments of how he pretty much abuses women. And how he harasses them. And and this is all of of like a sexual nature. And you brought up some really good points you thought we should talk about. And I had the idea, well, instead of us talking about this, I would actually, I thought it'd be great to, to just um, have you come and talk about this stuff. And so, Em, like you're, I want you to share as much as you are comfortable with. Sure. Okay. So there are no expectations, but um, I think this conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, yeah, go on. Ahead. No, go no I because I just think instead of having two dudes talk about this, like I think we we definitely need to um, have a woman's perspective on all of this because I think uh, one of one of the themes since we have since we have started um, catching foxes is that. We need to be willing, I think, to step um, outside of ourselves a bit and, and try to understand where other people are um, are coming from. Would you agree with that, Gilmer? Absolutely. So, so that's kind of why, like, I, I just wanted to have you on here, and just uh, plus, it's been you know like a good like week since we've chatted. So, go on, Emily.
0: Okay. Um, well, so I guess when Trump came out and said these, and I last Friday and over that weekend, I was just thinking about it, um, as being a victim from sexual assault. Um, it just was, it just really did not sit well with me. And the more I thought about it, the more it was like burning a fire inside. And that's when I ended up texting Luke and I was like, I mean, I, I listen to you guys obviously all the time and, um, I just think it'd be some great points to bring up. And so, um, I told Luke, I would share my story, uh, which happened back when I was a freshman in high school and Luke and I were in the same youth group and, um, there was another individual in the youth group who was Luke's, he was your age, right? Luke.
1: I know he's older Uh, than me. He he was, he was older than me, but I mean, pretty much close to that.
0: So, um, we were going to actually a youth group retreat and we were in the van and, um, there was just a bunch of us piled up in all these vans and he was sitting next to me and trying to take my hand and put it places that were very inappropriate. And I told him no, um, but he didn't listen and it was just, I didn't like, I knew it was going on, but then again, like, I don't know why I, I was scared. And I, I, um, since we're all in this van, I didn't want to make a big scene and I was embarrassed Um, and then after it happened, I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should go tell like our youth group leaders. I didn't know if I should confide in Luke. And honestly, I don't, you might remember more than I do Luke. Um, I don't know how it came about. I know that he apologized to you, but he never apologized to me. Um, I struggled with this because, um, not only was he, you know, older than I was, um, and he was very well liked by everyone. Um, I just felt like no one had my back because his excuse was that he was, a, he was broken. He, um, you know, was praying to help heal his sexual urges. And then it, therefore I felt like everyone felt sorry for him. Um, but it was like, what about me? And I felt very outcasted, um, which, in return, I feel was maybe more so, like because I yes, at that time, I was a high school girl, I enjoyed kissing boys, doesn't mean that I was asking for that to happen, um and I think. Uh, and Luke and I, Luke and I, it took us what, Luke, a lot of years. I think it was just three or four years ago that you and I finally hashed, hashed this it all out. out.
1: <laughs> yeah. When it happened, I was like in shock because I was coming off this retreat high, and I think something. Yeah. So I mean, because I don't want like I don't. We probably shouldn't go into too much detail in terms of like the other people that were involved. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. But, th- but there were other people, so I think that's what brought that's what brought it out. Yeah, And I think at that point in time, and this is why um, these things, so I really f- like F this up big, big time due to, due to a couple of, um, of reasons. One was um, I think there was just a, a little bit of a rift between the two of us and how we were trying to, uh, live our lives, not too much of a, of a rift, but I- enough to where I think there were things that you would do that. Sorry. I don't, I don't want to put this on you, but I would, I would just, I, um, I perceived things the wrong way and I would, and I, and I was so, um, just like an insecure high school kid who, um, and like the, and the, and the guy that did it, he, at the time he like really represented to me, like what I wanted to be and my, and just like, like the group that I was accepted by and where I was, um, excelling in and just, you know, like really kind of started to find for the first time in high school, honestly, like my own uh, two feet and going, Oh, like, this is who I am. This is a community that accepts me. I am thriving here. And when I like, I heard about this, I was just like, what? Like, that's not possible. And I, and I mean, I, I just, I honestly thought that it wasn't possible. And so, and I was, and I'm really ashamed of this. And, and I like, and I remember at one point in time, 'Cause no one was telling me any uh, any of the details and, and I remember being really angry about like about that. And I told I told our mom at one point in time that I don't care what happened, I'm going to believe him over Emily. Thanks. And <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> A lot. I'm sorry. it's yeah. an it's <laughs> immature, stupid, stupid Luke. And and I have a lot of guilt about this still, and and it, and I just remember the look on my mom's face was just like, "You don't know what the hell you are talking about." And I was just like, and I, I and I and I remember just like being like, "No, I, mean, I honestly, at the time, and again, this is not because of who you are or anything like that, or or, or no, sorry, of the person that you were. This is just typical high school." this is my baby sister and she gets on my nerves a lot kind of a thing. Does that make sense, Gomer? Am, am I making any um, kind of sense here?
2: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're a grown ass man who realizes how wrong that was. And so, you're yeah, trying to yeah, look yeah, at... yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and like, and like,
1: and like, and, and so, but I can't remember when I hit a point and like, it really started to hit me what happened. And I, and I remember like looking at this guy and just being like, so angry and so disappointed. And that was actually the first, and I, this is going to, I mean, that was, and that was uh, the night that I started to like, that's, that was actually that night was when I started to kind of quit trying to be like a chaste high school, a Christian kid, or when I just said, screw it. Like, this is kind of stupid. And it was the first time I had gone like a little bit too far with the girl that um, I had dated. And this is, again, all like high, like high school, like youth group stuff. So it's, you know, all relative. But um, it was a very defining moment for me, I think, when I kind of saw – and I was just – um, conf- and I had a lot of – and I had a lot of conflicted, uh, conflicting emotions and just was really like – because I feel like I had failed Emily but I was so insecure in who I was. That I didn't want like it was just so like it was just you know hard. And we really and then it just kind of like ended. Like he apologized uh, to me, and I thought he was a sincere in his uh, in his apology. And I, I still um. I, I mean, I definitely I did not know he did not apologize to you. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, his apology to me, I thought at the time was a sincere and I would say it still was. I think it was probably the safe apology to do and ultimately not the one that he should have. He didn't need my forgiveness as much as he needed yours or sorry. I didn't deserve to have that asked of me and, and told uh, to me as much as you did. And we really didn't hash it out until probably 2012.
0: Yeah, I was actually driving you. Um, you came to visit me in Cleveland, and I was driving you to Steubenville.
1: Yeah, for something uh, uh, Kissinger's wedding. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and I think like when it when it happened, it's just, um, I mean, at least for me, and it, I, I was just scared. Like I didn't you know, like I didn't want my dad to know. I didn't, I was just, um, very scared and, and confused and, and and embarrassed. And when no one really, you know, comforted me or took not not that it's like a take aside situation, but no one was like, I feel like helping me. Then I started to self doubt because I'm like, well, maybe, maybe it was me. Like maybe, um, I did deserve this. And, Um, And I think at that point, that's when I started to kind of alienate myself from my faith. Um, Because I started, I was like, well, youth group sucks. Like, you know, these people really aren't my friends. Um, They don't really care about me. And I I struggled with it for probably a couple of years. And then I kind of just put it like back and past memories and never opened it again like I just um ne- you know didn't want to think about it I probably like I kind of just shut it out for my life and never really dealt with it probably Luke until you and I talked in 2012 um even to the point when I told my husband that I you know when you asked me to do this Luke I was like I should probably tell Brian
1: uh, oh my gosh are you serious yeah,
0: yeah because I just
1: oh.
0: I never told it because it's just it's something that I, it was just, I don't know. It was just very embarrassing for me. Um, and, and I think this is why I've come to be feel. I mean, so strongly about what Trump said. Um, and I, and I feel like the only good that came out of what Trump said is that it's, it started to empower women to talk about these situations they've been in and not only women, but men as well. Um, these sexual assault situations they've been in and and not to be embarrassed. And um, I just feel like for whatever reason, we live in this like culture that they always judge or blame the victim first and, and not actually like hear either the whole story or for some reason you, you want to believe, you know, and this is nothing against you, Luke, but I feel like you wanted to believe him that it didn't happen. And that like, I quote unquote deserved it or I was asking for it um, just because, you know, know, I I was very open with I like, you know, I like to kiss boys and um, and I mean, in in no way do I think that I dressed inappropriately, but I enjoy fashion and I I just because I dress a certain way doesn't mean that I'm, I'm asking, you know, for that attention or to be treated like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that I definitely was in a – it was – yeah, it, it's it's because, I, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, when when I think about it or when it comes back up, I'm like, yeah, but that's over with. Like, and so, like, now that I'm having uh, to wrestle with, with that again, I, I think there is an element of truth to that that I just thought, well, Emily, if you're going to – because – I, I guess in my mind, and I and I think this is what this is what a lot of people think, and I think this is true with the whole Brock Turner thing. Is yeah. that? And I, okay, I, I don't think you were trying to. Um, how do I, uh, I? I I don't think you were trying to, by the way you acted or the way that you dressed, invite anything like like that. But I, I think we, we we have this idea where if it like the tone of a person's like how they dress or or like it's like if a girl gets drunk, then she's just asking for like. No. Which,
0: which was the whole Brock Turner situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. you know, and, and that's what's like so aggravating because like, no, like that's that's not how it is. At least mm-hmm. in being a woman, I feel like it's. You know, there's that saying, like, dress how you want to be addressed. And to me, that just, like, that drives me insane. Because I don't dress for other people. I dress for myself. Um, and and with the whole Brock Turner situation, I feel like just because she was, like, either, like, you know, A, wearing a skirt, that doesn't mean that she's asking to get raped behind a dumpster. Like, yeah. why, why is this rape culture, like, why is that okay? You know, why is it that it's like she's asking for it or, you know, if she dresses like that, then like she knows what's going to happen. Like that, that's not fair.
2: Yeah. For those who don't understand what rape culture is, I mean, very simply rape culture was a term that was invented by feminists in the seventies ish uh, to, to try to understand how our culture at large normalizes particular male sexual violence. So, The notion of oh well they're just a couple of boys or you know it's boys will be boys it's like no not boys will be boys they assaulted my daughter you know what these things happen you know and um, or where men of prominence are given a pass on violating women uh, because they're men of prominence and it's like yeah well what do you expect from men you know men are very sexual and you just have to kind of deal with it and you know and so what ends up happening is this culture of, you know, in Trump's case, you know, it's straight up sexual assault. It's, I'm going to walk up to a woman without her. I mean, he literally says, let me pull up the, the line. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, you can do it. You can do anything. And that notion of, like, you don't even care what they say. You think that just because you're a star, you've automatically earned the right to seduce, to touch, to do whatever And they're going to go along with it. And that is, like, that is the very embodiment of the term rape culture. It's like a woman's body is free game for me because I'm dot, dot, dot. I'm a wealthy businessman. I'm a reality TV star. I'm a famous cultural icon or whatever. And so when you hear this stuff, uh, at first, for men like me, we're like, no, 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 it's, that wasn't rape. That was – and you don't want to – you're not trying to excuse rape. You don't think of it that way at all. You're not trying to excuse rape, but what ends up happening is you start to shift the center of gravity away from the 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 person who made who, – who, who did the crime, and you shift it. You're looking for other things to blame because you don't think it's as bad as people are saying. So – Well, you know, she was drunk or she was wearing really, you know, revealing clothing or she was this or she was that. Um, And even when you take away all of this stuff, you find that, um, you know, even when you have a situation of a perfectly normal girl on her way to do a church trip, that this kind of thing happens. And what do we do? We rally around the guy and not the woman so that right there is a normalization of yeah man you are you're broken and you're struggling and I'm just gonna we're just gonna support you and we're gonna love on you or whatever youth group clicky phrase your (laughs) quasi-Protestant youth group used it was Um, wonderful oh oh, really really? (laughs) 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 this is literally what we're talking about it was wonderful for some (laughs) But it's, it's just so
0: frustrating because I feel like, I mean, how they were excusing Trump's comments as locker room banter. Like what the hell is that supposed to mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah and I feel like, I mean, I was afraid to say something just, be, just because this guy was older. He was well-liked in our youth group, you know, like, so imagine the women that have been assaulted by, you know, big movie stars or, you know, like, like what Trump's doing, like, it's hard to come forward with this kind of stuff. And it's, and it's hard to, to not hate yourself. And, you know, I mean, I was, like I said, I was so afraid. Um, and plus, I, I didn't want to cause like any drama or, like, you know, um, it's just so sad to me that this this happens more than people realize. And and unfortunately, I mean, it, and it happens in all different kinds of ways. I mean, it's happened in my adult life. As well, with um, a job that I had recently, um, I was sexually harassed, and I go to HR, and they were just trying to kind of like sweep it under the table, um, just because they. Didn't. Where was this? Um, at my previous job back in Ohio. Oh wow! And to the point where, like, I went to HR about it, and and I I showed them the proof, the emails I was receiving from a coworker that were very inappropriate. Um. He, our HR and he, th- this guy was like the vice president of HR for our billion dollar company and, um, multi-billion and he kept them and then went straight to the guy and asked him about it when I told him not to.
1: It makes me so mad. Still just hearing that it makes infuriates
0: me. Yeah. So, and, and the reason I told him not to, cause I knew this guy was going to corner me and what did he do? He cornered me like, um, and it was like, I felt very uncomfortable. I mean, I didn't even feel safe at my own job. um, And it's just it's just very unfortunate that this stuff happens all the time. And I just don't think that people realize um, how bad it is. And uh, even um, I mean, living in Cleveland, I love my LeBron. And he just came out saying that in his locker room, they are not allowed to talk like that. So this locker room banter, like that's not an excuse.
1: You know, it's honestly when he talks about that, I think it's more like high school yeah, which is like, sad, it, 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 immature 50, high school.
0: He was 59 when he said this.
1: Exactly. So, like, like,
0: like could,
1: could you imagine, like, what would happen if, like, we heard, like, Papa say a thing like, like that?
0: I just, I can't even no.
1: No, like, there's, yeah, there's, he wouldn't, like, so it's to me, and like, he's a guy's guy. Like, our grandfather was, I mean, he's a rock and airborne guy. Yeah. Who, like, back in the day could, like, probably beat the shit out of anyone. Very Um, true. And, I mean, he's, like, as masculine as you can get, for the most part. And he would never do a thing. He would never, ever say a thing like that, especially at that age.
0: Yeah. I just, just, I don't, in, you know, like, in what I was talking with Luke, when I heard all this, it's like, you know, what is it going to take for this, you know, for people to realize that, like, this you know to change rape culture like it's not going to be okay to change this mentality that you, you know for love of God it's 2016 like you can't keep treating women like this like you know second class citizens because that's how it it feels.
1: Yeah, could you speak to a bit about uh, which is a weird thing to ask my sister? Just um, sorry, it <laughs> sounded like very formal. Emily, could you speak to? Uh, no one was laughing, so I was like cricket.
2: Um, (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to keep going. I thought you were going to say something. And I was like, what's weird to say to you? Oh Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yikes. (laughs) Uh, What was I going to say? Okay. So like when you go, like what is, what does it, what is it like to go to work when you have that stress?
0: Oh, it's completely awful. Um, so when this incident at work happened, um, this guy sat, uh, three cubicles behind me and, um, I hated going to work, I, you know, I, I was always, I was, I remember driving to work, thinking of scenarios in my head, how I could deflect the situation if he came up to me or if he would say something like, how was I going to be on the defense Um, because obviously, you know, my employer did not have my back. Um, and looking back now, I wish I would have raised a little more hell about it, but I was still, and that's the thing, like I, when this happened, I was only two years into my career with them. So it's like, you know, and it was a very male dominated industry, um, that I work in. So, um, I was like almost making excuses of why I, I shouldn't say anything, which is so dumb. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, I mean, it was, it was definitely a struggle. Um, and finally I i asked to be moved um, to a different spot in the building, um, which they did, which was nice, but it's still, um, I was still always on the defense always. Um, you know, I, I would take, when I, I I obviously knew the route he would take within the building to walk to his car at the end of the day, I would take a different route. I would park in a different parking lot um which I shouldn't have to I should just live my life the way I want to and shouldn't be afraid and that's what's that's what's annoying
1: mm-hmm. did you so at when we were in high school and uh we both worked at a grocery store. Very nice, ups, upscale, <laughs> classy grocery, grocery store. I
0: mean, the best thing that could ever happen, but
1: go ahead. Uh, it's a way of life. The jewel of dating. <laughs> the jewel of I mean, it
0: really is. It and really... I, hate, I hate to brag, but um, one of my friends who took a course about business, but not even in Ohio, and they mentioned DLM in their business books. I mean, that's when you've really uh, made it in
2: life. Guys, <laughs> just check your privilege and move on. <laughs> I can't take this this Dayton archie anymore. Okay. The dirty beat. Dirt, <laughs> the
1: Dirty Beat. Hey, you are welcome, world, for flight, yes, the concrete exactly. street, the stoplight. Rob, Rob the, the cash register. Speaking of assaulting women, Rob Lowe. Uh who? <laughs> is he a was he? He may have done some horrible stuff back back in the eighties. Um uh, who didn't? Uh, <laughs> so so he gets a pass. <laughs> right. Well no, I, so okay, so when uh we worked there, I mean it was a pretty adolescent culture because two thirds of their staff is they're all in they're all in high school. Did you experience anything anything there that, that would have been like uncomfortable or you felt like crossed certain kind of lines or
0: um I would say Yes, but maybe not, not so much like
1: sexual assault per se.
0: Um,
1: yeah, because I mean, you really didn't have a lot of opportunities. No, for, I just, got, like, put, what you I got,
0: I got put in the middle of kind of a situation like that, where I don't know if you remember our old neighbor on Monterey, her Gosh, dad yeah, worked yeah, that at CLM, crazy. and, and she was claiming her dad sexually abused her. And then he would corner me when I worked at DLM saying, like, you know, I didn't do it. And I was like, no, like I was did, 15. You like, the you know same what I mean?
1: to me, too. And I was like, huh, this is weird and awkward. That's why like, I didn't I, want to work there when dad was like, you need to get a job. I'm not paying for your,
2: home, your homecoming. I'm like, yeah,
0: that guy
1: works there. It's
0: I'm awkward. surprised you got a date to homecoming. Let's be honest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So what happened with this? What happened so I'm okay, so, oh, sorry. You want to go ahead?
0: Yeah. Well, she was, she was my friend. Um, so
2: <laughs> yeah, Luke, I don't need you mansplaining for her
0: always. God. <laughs> um, so she was our neighbor, um, at, um, where we lived and her dad was a manager at the grocery store we worked at. And, um, she, uh, reported that this, her dad, um, sexually abused her. Well, when this was all going on, Luke and I worked at DLM and he was, he wasn't our direct manager. Was he?
1: I mean, no, he, he would have been like, he, I mean, he was just uh, the manager while we worked there. Yeah. So, and so he, he was like, one that we reported to per se, but he had direct authority over us and we had to interact with him.
0: Yeah. And so it was very awkward knowing that, you know, my friend, you know, slash neighbor, um reported him as a sexual abuser and he would come up to Luke and I and just try to talk to us about it which i feel like was a very inappropriate cuz at that time you know i was fift- 15 you were 16 like um i didn't i didn't really and that the, i mean i didn't really know what like sexual abuse really meant or i mean, i did but like i don't know like i i didn't have the opinions i do now then obviously um and it was just very uncomfortable Um, and obviously very inappropriate for a work setting.
1: Do you, so just, I just kind of like, one of the things that you brought up that just like really like that, I mean, the whole thing kills me, but like, kind of like the twist of the knife, I guess would be just like, you kind of confirmed one of my worst fears with all this that I don't think I've ever really told, like told, uh, told you is like that, is that the incident that happened on uh, the youth group trip was kind of the thing that made you not like check out of the face, but just go now, like, like I'm not doing that.
0: Yeah. I, and that I think, was definitely a turning point for me. I I felt abandoned, you know, like I, I felt um, I'm supposed to be, you know, having these like close relationships with these people and opening and opening myself up being very vulnerable to these people and then I, I get shut out.
1: So. Not and like not by choice. You know, yeah. Just by yeah. just because that like that's what sin does is it, you know, isolates us. And I think that's even true of the people that we hurt with our own sin. Yeah. You know, is that so it it and, and like you don't have to really go into this if you don't want to because we really I mean we don't ever talk about this. But like were you at a point where you felt like you were growing in your in your Catholic faith? Like w- was it an important part of your life at the, at that point in time?
0: Um it it was cuz I feel, you know, at 15, you're you're trying to find where you fit in and um I felt like I finally found people that I could connect with and not only that, you know, I remembered a lot of these kids I became friends with again from when we were younger. And so it was nice to like reconnect with them at an age, you know, where we could like be friends and hang out and call each other, mm-hmm. you know, cause we moved away from community when I was seven. So, um, you know, it was, uh, I mean, I enjoyed, I mean, I looked forward to going every Wednesday night and then after that happened, it was just like, well, they're actually not my friends. They actually don't care about me. And um, why why am I even still participating? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: if if they're they're not going to take me seriously, um, and and like I said, no offense to you, but I was like, if my own brother is not going to, you know, have my back, then what am I even doing here? Yeah. Um, why, you know, I, I, I mean, I was, I was ashamed of myself. I was ashamed of the situation. I was ashamed that I let myself actually get close to these people and they, and I felt very betrayed, I think. And then I think from that point was definitely a turning point for me where I was just like, screw this. I don't, you know what I mean? If this is what's going to be like, you know, to be in a youth group and, and to try to become, you know, I don't know. It just, it was very, very hard for me. And I, and I, I don't blame that point of me, you know, turning myself away from religion, but definitely was one of the steps I think.
1: It's Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's like what, like, I I think when I really like kind of like in my heart of hearts, when I think about that, that was like, always like my worst fear was like, that was the case.
0: Yeah. Like it was kind of like the domino effect. I feel like yeah. like once that yeah. happened, then it was just kind of like, um,
1: well, this all sucks. So. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And I, I mean like why I bring that up is I just want a lot of youth ministers that listen to, um, our podcasts just, just to hear the story. Cause, cause I think they're all aware of these, of this stuff. And there's a lot of things in place now with the things that happened with all of the priest scandals that would have prevented your case in, sorry, not, not your case. That sounds so utilitarian, like what happened? Just like, you may not have been put in that, dir- that direct like, situation. If that were to happen, say in like 2005. Yeah. Yeah. But still it's something we need to be aware of, you know? Yeah. And, and we need to like really, because I, I, I do think like when, when I think about my role, in all of that back in high school, I think about like Trump uh, supporters who are just like, no, but like, this is the thing, this person's here to uh, deliver us from all of this bad stuff. So it can't be that bad. You know, I'm sure this is being skewed somehow by either the liberal media or, you know, I mean, which is not, I, I don't necessarily believe that, but I'm just trying to use those terms. Um, this is some sort of, um, plot or it's not that big of a deal, you know? And I think that that really comes from a place of, um, of woundedness. Like that's, that's where, that's where I was, you know, coming from was, I was a hurt, probably somewhat depressed teenager who found like the thing that I'd always wanted. And I felt like it was being taken away from me, which is incredibly selfish. Yeah, incredibly selfish, and I and I think that's what a lot of people see in this whole Donald Trump thing is their jobs are hurting or this. I mean, there's there's like real pain going on, and they see Trump as some sort of um, he's their lifeline, and this threatens that, and so we're, we um, and then when you combine that with things like rape culture or people who don't to like, who basically they refuse to stop and think about it. Then that's why the victim gets, gets blamed yeah. or it's viewed as locker room talk. And it really flies in uh, the face of everything Christianity is about. Cause it's not about safety at all. If anything, it's, it's about um, being unsafe and like, and being willing to go through pain and uh, to suffer. And it's supposed to be about a way of a way of life and the way that Donald Trump chooses to live his life is in direct. um, It's in direct con a tradition. Is that even a, a word Did I just make up a word? I think you did. Sorry. It uh, directly contradicts (laughs) the Christian way of life. Yeah, that's that's what happens when I, when I have to talk for a living. Like, am I, I? I just don't understand why we're willing to accept. I mean, I I do understand why why people are are um, willing to still vote for him. I just really think we need to stop pray about this and and honestly think why am I willing to put my support behind this person? Yeah. What does it say uh, to you? So would you consider yourself to like, like, where are you in your faith right now? Like, like, like how would you label yourself?
0: That's a good question. Um, I, I think, hmm, I don't really relate to any sort of like a certain religion. Um, Mm. I do have a relationship, you know, I feel like I have a relationship with Jesus and God. And, and I feel like I, um, I feel like morally, I, you know, obviously I struggle. There's, you know, always stuff I struggle with, but, um, I always, you know, I guess, I don't know when I started pulling away from the Catholic faith. Um, but I don't, I try to, I don't know how to say it's the right way. I always try to do what's right or what I feel like is right. Mm-hmm, sure. um, and I don't really identify with any certain religion as of right now.
1: Um, so then when you, when um, you see professed Christians who uh, support Trump, like what does that tell you?
0: Like, honestly, i on that? like, how, but, um, uh, I feel, I just, I don't get it. I, I feel confused. Um, cause to me, I feel like he represents everything that Christianity is not, but, um, I, to be honest, I don't know. I, I, I just feel confused because I just, I don't feel like he would represent anything that, you know, I, like, I don't feel like him and I have the same religious beliefs um and
2: to be honest so you don't worship you don't worship donald trump as your lord and savior i, do <laughs> I think I think that's his religion
0: <laughs> i just it scares me like it honestly scares me um because i i just i literally he makes my skin crawl not because of his political beliefs just because of like who he is as a person you know um
2: you know when bill when when bill clinton was president The that's when I became, like, hard right-wing guy, you know? That's when Rush Limbaugh became popular and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the question was always, it doesn't matter about his competence. What about his character? And people would attack him for having a terrible character. Like, he affairs and, you know, and to me, I mean, think about it. He's the most powerful man in the world, and he had an intern that he used for sexual favors. I mean, Overwhelmingly, uh, that's that's grossly immoral and all that stuff. But then you think of—I eh, don't know—I got so bound up with um, that that whole argument of you got to elect someone with a good character. You know, George Herbert Walker Bush, whatever. He's kind of like a fence post or something. I don't—I don't know. Um, he wasn't a, a spirited man. Um, and then you have, uh, you know, George uh, W. Bush who was supposed to be, you know, a wild child when he was younger, but then he changed his life, got his act together, and he was supposed to be a person of good character. But just because you have good character doesn't give you competency in every single thing that you're ever going to do. I, totally. It's especially especially like, oh, I don't know, leading the free world. Uh, <laughs> and you think of, well, like, like on the Democratic side, you have uh, a man who was a horrible person. He was a womanizer. His name was Lyndon Baines Johnson. He was a terrible, notorious womanizer, and he plunged us into uh, you know Vietnam, Vietnam. <laughs> and also yeah. all sorts of stuff. Well, I mean, yeah. um, Sorry, go ahead. Well, so I was just going to say, uh, but now it's like the right because the the morally despicable human being. No one, no one is defending his character. They're all saying, "Well, what do you expect? What do you mean? Well, what do you expect?"
0: <laughs> That's what drives. Me. Now it's like, why is this? Like, why is this? Like acceptable like why is that okay you know
2: and to and to to just see that pendulum swing from you absolutely have to have good moral character that's why we should elect so and so president and you you're horrible and then it's like well here's our guy here's our trump you know well you it doesn't matter about the character he's good at business deals and what do you expect he's a reality tv star and you know he's one step removed from a kardashian practically so I mean, we are literally electing a Kardashian. (laughs) Like, Like Like, that's the moral equivalent. Time for final thoughts. And as promised, I'm sharing my thoughts on these Trump tapes. All right, let's be real. It's not good. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't look good. It makes us uncomfortable. It makes it hard to defend our guy when he says things like grab her by the, well, you know. Yep, I get it. I've spent all weekend thinking about it. Here's the deal. This recording does not surprise me at all. Be honest, most of you aren't shocked either. It's Donald Trump, a billionaire businessman, a reality star, not the Pope. Is anyone really that taken aback by what he said? I know how many of you Trump supporters are feeling. It's not that these recordings necessarily surprise you or even change your opinion of him. It just doesn't look good. I get it. But for all those never-Trumpers and bleeding hearts out there saying, I told you so, shut the hell up. And, like, even my
0: uncle was saying, like, um, like, he's not even a good businessman. The only reason why he has money <laughs> yeah. buddy is because he, like, made it with the apprentice. Like, you don't even, like, it, there's, like, I just, it just amazes. Like, at first, it was kind of, like, kind of funny. Like, oh, ha, ha, ha. You know, he's running for, you know, to be president. And now it's like, well, shit. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I just, and what really bothers I, me is that, you know, after all his comments came out and everyone, you know, is defending him, like, Oh, you don't think other past presidents were womanizers, you know, with Clinton and JFK and,
1: you know... I know which Facebook posts you are referring to, and I agree with where you are going. Go on.
0: But it's like... But then why not change... Like, that's the past. Can't do anything about the past. Like, But we can do something about the future and change it now. Like, let's change people's perspectives. Let's change, like, this mentality Like that that's not okay. You know, it, it just... It just angers me
2: so much. Why are we? Why are we using the very apparent moral failings of the past to provide cover for someone who's not even the president? <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Like,
2: why are we doing this? I, and so, um, my bigger problem is the way the Republican Party number one has ruined the GOP. But number two has ruined conservatism as as a movement. Conservatism wasn't about being opposed to progress. It was as we enter into progress, there should be things that we conserve that actually make us human and moral and good people. And those are the things that we need to conserve. And sometimes they conserve the wrong thing. And other times they conserve the right thing. And it's obliterated, you know. And people can argue over, you know, one of the lines was from Chesterton was, most men agree on what's wrong with the world, but so few agree on what's right. Like, we don't, we might, we might de- say sexism is awful, but we don't know how to correct it. And we don't necessarily agree on all the things that make up something as sexist, you know, if you read, um, well, I'm, I'm not going to get all that stuff. But th- this notion of we, we need to be in power at any price. Number one, that's antithetical to Christianity. Um, we we will make any Faustian deal with the devil in order to get our Supreme Court justices, uh, which I guess uh, you know is totally okay now. Um, and just because the Republican Party has been pro-life versus the Democratic Party as a party has been pro-choice, that means for some people that even though the Republican Party has done next to nothing about the pro-life cause, even though major national movements of pro-life movements have done next to nothing at the national level for the pro-life cause, except spending donation, you know, donors' money, um, we, th- it, it's been held out like a carrot, and the stick is not just holding the carrot out, it's beating the pro-life conservative movement to stay in the republican stalls but nothing's happened. Nothing no, there's been no movement towards increasing whether you want to take the liberal side and increase maternity benefits and let women keep stay their jobs with the full funding and disability and all that stuff while they're recovering from their uh, pregnancy or you just think like yeah I just want to make abortion illegal. None of that stuff has happened. There's been nothing from the <laughs> republican side. Yes. And yet and yet you have homilies there's one homily in particular that is circulated. I've been emailed it three times, four times in the past 24 hours of this guy saying there's one party that stands for death and one for life. Number one, if you believe that, you are a freaking just completely clueless. You're, you are so clueless. Now, one party has stood for pro-choice versus abortion or pro-life, um, but that's not the only issues of death. And so we have this, this totally skewed understanding. But the Republican Party, practically speaking, hasn't gotten us to that thing. So people are saying, well, practically speaking, we got to vote for Trump because he'll give us this, this, and this. Number one, he's a liar. He's not going to give us anything. But number two is, practically speaking, then we should ditch the Republican Party because they haven't done anything for the pro-life cause. So it's all of this circular logic that's going around this deal with the devil, the orange devil himself with the small hands.
0: <laughs> I just guess- – I mean, I, I, I mean, have you guys been watching the debates? I'm guessing, like, I couldn't even watch it. Like, it's, it makes no. me so sick. Like, I after like half hour, like, ugh, I, I, like, I can't do it. Yeah. Like, it, it literally brings mm-hmm. me down.
1: How does it make you feel? Angry. Angry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and, and like, I, I mean, this sounds like, oh, oh, yeah, but like, this is true. I don't want him to have the nuke codes. No Like I, I do not I genuinely do not want that man to have the codes
0: The, the fact that Putin has been like Backing Donald Trump Should that not be a red flag to anyone? Like I just don't understand like
2: Listen foreign leaders back people in the U.S. election all the time The fact that a potential U.S. leader is backing Putin Is the more <laughs>
1: terrible thing Very true
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying
1: You know I was in Moscow a couple of months ago I owned the Miss Universe pageant And they treated me so great. Putin even sent me a present. Beautiful present with a beautiful note. I spoke to all of his people. I was in Russia. I was in Moscow recently. And I spoke indirectly and directly with President Putin, who could not have been nicer. What exactly is your relationship with Vladimir Putin? I have no relationship with Putin.
0: I just don't understand. It's just... It's baffling to me That it's gotten this far to be honest
1: Wouldn't it be funny if dad were still Alive to like crazy Old man Kerry just like wanted to vote for Trump Out of nowhere Ugh, the Could fight you just imagine the, what that would be like The fights we would get into Like not that he would Like if he was in his right state of mind But if he was on full old man carry mode And just like <laughs> made up his mind And was like he just, He's gonna fix it Oh man! Yeah. Like we would just every time it would get a brought up, it would just end with like one of us crying, probably.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, that was all of our family talk. Because <laughs> I don't know, if you know this, but Luke's better than everyone.
1: So. That's not
2: true.
0: <laughs> That's how every fight ended.
1: That's not true. Uh, that was the bane of my college years. Thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome. <laughs> I never said that. Um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, but here's here's another point that and this is like totally going off the Trump subject, um, but it's just something that I struggle with um, that I wanted to bring up. so I struggle with i'm i you know I, I would like to think of myself as a feminist. I would like to think that like you know, woman power, we can do this. Obviously, you know, I've been through some stuff in my life that's been a little bit, little setbacks. But then with, if you look at, so I know people are bringing up the music industry and even, you know, like what Trump said, they said, well, Hillary likes, you know, Beyonce. And in one of her songs, she talks about, um, if I F you good, or you if you F me good, I'll take you to Red Lobster. And, um so what do you think about, like, the whole, like, the music industry having a play in, in that, and in, in the rape culture?
1: Oh,
2: that's a really good question.
0: So, because here's the thing, like, Homegirl, I mean, you know I love my urban every once in a while. And, like.
2: Keith, Keith Urban?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like i i enjoy my rap from time to time
1: <laughs> did you see how um how excited both of my sisters got when beyonce was played at on my wedding
2: yes i do remember that <laughs> greatest day of my life
0: cuz she is everything um <laughs> When it was her birthday, I went to a special spin class that played all Beyonce just to celebrate the day of her birth.
2: <laughs> um, Soon to well. be a national holiday, yeah.
0: September fourth. It should be, uh, but went to a spin class <laughs> And I wore my special Beyonce shirt that said uh, Beyonce. Uh, yeah, well, it also said like, "Keep Calm and Beyonce." Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Um, anywho, I <laughs> it makes me feel like a hypocrite because I mean one of Luke and I's favorite pastimes is rapping to Ludacris use a hoe. I
1: said that use a
2: hoe,
1: oh. use a hoe, oh. use a
0: hoe. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and but you already mean, like it, but like for everything that like. That I like to think that I stand for. It's very hypocritical of me to also sing along. Um, so,
1: yeah, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I struggle with that as well. That I, I, I definitely think that. I mean, I. The I mean, okay. So here's the hard part: is that in our postmodern, uh, our um, postmodern a uh, society. It's just however you in- interpret it. And uh, yes. a lot. And a lot of times we judge people by their intentions. And I don't think that's a good thing. You know, b- because in the sense that, um, no, no, like, they might not, like, I don't think the majority of rappers, like, the majority of of musicians are not who we think that they are it's a marketing gimmick. It's a persona for sure. Yeah, like
0: um, I'm in marketing. It's it's a bunch of bullshit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um and so it can easily be pushed aside cuz cause as cause as much as we uh, deny that I think like deep down we also kind of realize that uh um oh, like Taylor Swift isn't this like you know, she's not just, Easy. Oh, I'm just, Easy. Uh, listen, Easy. I love Taylor. Okay. <laughs> I love Taylor Swift. Okay, let's I,
0: I, I listened to this podcast when you guys talked about her before.
1: Yeah. It's... So I'm not, okay. <laughs> l- let me think of a different example here. Um, uh, no, cause Amy Grant's perfect. So let me think of someone else. Name, name a star, a uh, a uh, Gilmer that we all like, uh, Betty White. <sighs> So good.
0: God bless her soul. She is <laughs> she is everything that I want to be.
1: Um, <laughs> no, it's Chicken Rose.
2: Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, so many inside jokes, ladies and gentlemen. Luke is trying to make a point. Sorry, uh, and I'm very excited when he does. <laughs> chew your food slowly, like the way they taught you at
1: Shady Pines. All right, sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, so I I, sure I think. <laughs> Me giving a fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So when I think, even though when we hear like like really like dirty songs, say like a really dirty Jay Z song, or okay, this yes. is a, okay. Okay, here's here's a great example. Kanye West. Kanye West says some horribly explicit, thing. disgusting things, and I think we go, "What is really mean?" And he's just like rapping the stuff to you know be to be to. Uh, be crazy, but it's still, it's still that it's still a representation of something. And when that, you know, and when that, um, when that something is, um, um, a debauchery, like that's not good. So I think in either, I think it's probably a little bit more of an in, uh, direct way, but when we have such a sexualized culture, like, what do you think is going to happen? And I think they both feed into each other, but you know, I think that the rape culture feeds into desexualized culture, and that also feeds into rape, um into the rape culture, and um, I just think that when there's just like we just don't respect a human beings for the most part with anything. So, so everyone's just wanting to use everyone.
0: Yeah. And I I agree with you. I think it's that it's that persona they're putting off. Like, I would like you know myself. I'm I feel like I'm intelligent enough to tell the difference between it's just a song. That's not the way I live my life.
2: You yeah, know? but speaking speaking as a person who loves gangster rap uh, and has loved it since I was seven, uh, which proves that my parents were inadequate in their parenting. I
0: abilities. would love to see you do some gangster rap.
2: Oh my God! Why have we least... never
0: done this, like Wait, ever?
1: You guys both rapped "Gangsters Paradise" at my wedding.
0: That was your bachelor party, and I may or may no, not. No, no, be no, a
1: little no, no, like at <laughs> no at the like actual wedding, you both stood on a chair and sang parts of well, "Gangsters."
0: Oh,
2: Paradise. Oh, that's true. We did.
0: That is news I... to me. <laughs>
2: Are you
0: serious? <laughs> what? No, I remember your whole wedding except for that. How did that happen?
2: Well, I'll in... tell you. I'll. Two things happened at that wedding or at that dance. I uh, I I stood on a chair and did the first half, and then I gave it to you to take the last half. I
0: killed and it, and then
2: uh, you killed it. You okay. killed it. And then at the end, they played for the little kids that were there. They played Frozen. uh, Frozen's "Let It Go." Yeah, and I and I know every word because I have kids. Cool, so and uh, remember I that. I would. Yeah, I was dancing to it, but one part you might not have seen is as I was dancing, I was trying to get to the part where she takes off her cloak and lets it flow away. <laughs> I and remember. I took off my sh- I unbuttoned my my shirt and th- my very sweaty fop sweat shirt and I threw it up in the air and there was a little girl and it almost landed right on her face. And uh some so, w- some some Franny that I haven't seen in a decade was like caught it here you go and I was like <laughs> I'm gonna stop being an idiot now <laughs> <laughs> sorry little girl didn't mean to scare you with I've... grown man fop sweat
0: <laughs> frozen just gets you you know it just gets you going you
1: fell asleep when you watched it I sat right next to you
0: damn it I did and it was like at the part where like the loudest part of the movie where like the ice monster comes and like
1: <laughs> you're, you're I... <laughs> sitting with your mouth open drool hanging out
0: but here's the thing. so I used, with my last job, because um, right now I just do marketing consulting, which is the best thing ever, because um, I took a three hour nap during the day today. but uh, um, so with my last...
1: not listening yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> But with my last job, I traveled a lot, and I loved it because um, on the little TVs in the airplane, um, you could you know watch whatever you could pick the movies you would want to watch and I'd always watch frozen. And so I I've probably seen it a good 50 times and I don't even have kids. When I admit to that, I've seen it at least more than 50 times.
2: Aww.
0: So, moving forward. Uh...
2: <laughs> so, but to answer but let's go back to the music thing. I'm going to edit all this out. When you um <laughs> I mean, the the thing is that when we talk about culture, all of these things feed into like we can say in one instance, right? Like I don't and, and we're adults. Like I can actively filter out this stuff, and it's a silly song, and it's stupid. It doesn't and mean anything. Yeah, like like Eminem, right? Remember all the things that oh, Eminem yeah, was talking yeah. about, and then he's like, "I don't, I don't really take a bunch of drugs and go cut myself, and then defecate on a car as it's driving under a highway bridge." Well, it's you thing. know, like these.
0: Yeah, he's, when what? he said that, like in one of his songs, you know, people were accusing him of how he hates homosexuality. Uh, Cause he would talk about it in his songs and then yeah. he ended up doing a song with Elton John to prove like, no, it's just a song. Like mm-hmm. I don't actually think that way.
2: Which- yeah. But also Elton John's kind of dumb. And <laughs> I just, I was reading this article by this, but I can't remember it was like in the Huffington post and he's like, really Elton John, really <laughs> <laughs> really Elton John. It still doesn't, still doesn't make up for all the things he said, but this is the difference, right? So we, we listen to the words that people say, and then there's the intentions behind it. And I think often we get so flustered over proving our intentions are pure and good that we don't realize that it's the words that we say or the actions that we do that are the things causing the offense. You might not be sexist, but you might be saying sexist things. Like when you, call, when you walk into a room at work and you uh, think of the men as men and the women as ladies – Right now, in a Catholic, mm-hmm. very conservative environment, ladies is like the epitome, and a gentleman is this. But when you're saying that, it almost has this, or it does have this for many women, a infantilizing effect. Oh, you're the precious ladies who are fragile and made of glass, and you can't handle the real work, you know, or what, you know, like it's things like that. So when we take that into our music, and our music is, you know, I mean, you think about the, um, the, the what was it, the, the, the what's his name, Robin Thick. The the song that he sang, oh, you know, it's about it's essentially about rape, but it's like I what, what you know what I'm talking about, Robin. Um, I'm gonna have to... no. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> what kind of music do you listen to, Gomer?
2: It, it was a big blurred lines blurred. Oh, lines. oh that was about Robin rape. Nick. Well, it's hold on, let me pull up no, the lyrics. It's not it was about, about rape.
0: It's just about being naked.
2: But, no, keep talking I'm going to well, read this well,
0: and it, it makes me sad because then after the whole blurred lines and, and everything, Robin Thick and his wife got a divorce after like fifteen years of marriage or something, because of all of the um, unwanted attention he got after that.
1: Do you think it was that? think there was other stuff going on though?
0: I'm pretty sure it was probably the MTV movie awards when Miley <laughs> <That's something
2: laughs> <to do> with <laughs> Miley Cyrus when you know that girl who was just out of high school?
1: Ooh! When
2: moms across the America found out what twerking was. Okay. <laughs> when Billy Ray Cyrus died inside
1: for the last time.
0: Um, that used to be my jam back in 1992. What was
1: his song? Don't break. Yeah, you played that all that the
0: freaking right. time. I mean, I had the cassette tape that I wore out. Ugh. 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 Can I tell? Um, that was. I just. I remember playing that song a lot in my bedroom to where when Luke got mad at me when we were younger, he carved my name into my door thinking that I would get in trouble for carving my name when it was clearly Luke's handwriting.
1: Sound thinking, Luke. (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember when uh, you used to dig your nails into my skin? That was cool. And then when when I would pass you in the hallway at school, I'd be like, hi, Emily. And you just go... You Bullshit. think you cool, but you're not. <laughs> just walk away. Yeah, it was great. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I know. I feel bad for that, but
1: you also— great, just... great thing to say to an overweight kid with a stutter. That was awesome.
0: <laughs> I always had your back when people made fun of your stutter, but <laughs> you would also wear headphones and not talk to anyone. Was that was after
1: my conversion, yeah. I, I got a little bit too antisocial there. Very antisocial. That was, yeah, that was not a good choice. I don't know why I did that. I don't know either.
2: Apparently, Gomer's dead. So, uh, Gomer, are you alive? I am, but as you guys tell private stories of your past, I, I have nothing <laughs> to contribute. Oh, am sorry. Yeah.
0: I, I, I thought, thought were about, doing wait, something. Wait, wait. We have so many stories with Gomer we could talk about, like pod racing.
1: I'm sorry, Gomer. <laughs> you were doing something. Uh, what are the stories? Thanksgiving.
0: Thanks. With so many things, I have so many pictures of Gomer at Thanksgiving with our family. I had blisters on my fingers from playing pod racing with Gomer in her basement.
2: Yes, uh, you
0: I remember Gomer embarrassing me um, in front you of mean- people at a school dance before I went. I remember um, Gomer then once again embarrassing me <laughs> in front of my boyfriend at Aaron Klosterman's house.
2: Was that when you were on the porch and we drove by honking Luke's tiny little car horn? Oh, the
0: G ho. Yes.
2: <laughs> well, Emily, let me ask you this one last question so we can wrap up because, uh, are we it's boring like, you? No, no, it's like 4am where Luke lives. Yeah. I, I um, just realized that it's 1am back in so Ohio. Emily, what would you say to a young girl? And I'm talking high school, college, maybe younger than college. Um, who experiences what you experienced and yet and experiences not just the sexual assault part, but the lack of um the lack of someone listening and believing them.
0: Um I would say don't feel ashamed. No matter what is said to you, what is done or not done, don't feel ashamed. Um you like tell someone, tell and, and tell someone that's actually, you know, that you feel comfortable with. And if they don't believe you, um, just know that if you feel like it's not right, obviously it's not right. And, um, I wish I would have told myself, like, don't turn your back on your faith. Um, you, you are a human being. You're better than that. You're, um, i think of the words I want to say. Don't be embarrassed, don't be afraid. Um you didn't deserve that. You weren't asking for it. Trust trust that no matter what happens that you're still a good person. You can still live, you know, live your life the way you want to. Um don't blame yourself.
2: That's beautiful. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed since I've started studying a lot of this stuff is the amount our culture has women apologize, and I noticed that in my in my wife especially, she apologizes for things that are like the most minor inconvenience to me that I would never think of apologizing. And I and I realize that, so I tell her like, you don't need to you don't need to upkeep my emotional status. I'm an adult, you know. Like oh, for the, sure.
0: Like it's almost I, I I apologize all the time, and I hate it. And I don't know if it's, yeah. it's the way that I was brought up. But I apologize for stupid things um yeah. and it's you know i I hate that I do that, but um I mean, go ahead, I just I don't know, I just feel like yeah
2: no i mean it's 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 something that's super common for women and it's super uncommon for men, so it has to be about the way our culture brought us up it's you know, maybe it's like women are expected to be more polite and more forgiving, more accommodating to men I mean yeah. that's been a long, long critique is that men 's emotional security is the is the duty of every woman right like yeah if you if you don't want to drink at a bar and a guy's offering you a drink or wants to have a chat with you, you have to let him down as gently as possible, so for sure you know, and, then, it,
0: and then you feel guilty i mean as, like I feel guilty if a guy comes to me at a bar and asks to buy me a drink, and this is even like before I was married, and i wasn't interested, why do I feel so guilty? Why do I feel so bad saying no? Because I'm not interested, you know, I shouldn't have to feel that way. I shouldn't have to, you know, like it's to the point where like I struggled with that because I'd always would say yes, because I'm like, well, it probably took a lot of courage for them to come ask me if they could buy me a drink or come talk to me that, you know, and I don't want to shut them down and embarrass them. Like, why am I feeling bad for them? You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think there's, I mean, can't we all just be humanly polite and. You know, I think there's probably an element of politeness to why you feel bad, but at the same time, like if you're polite, no thank you, I appreciate it, but no, without saying I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but no. Um, you don't have to apologize to them, right? But uh yeah. that notion of just being like no thank you, I'm fine. You're not a jerk.
1: You but when,
2: okay, know, but so, then
0: So if yeah. a girl said that to you back in the day, like how would you how would you take that?
2: Oh, I'd be emotionally devastated. devastated.
0: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, it's but just it's like, not your place
2: to, to yeah, do anything. It's, not, yeah. it's just the fact that I have low self-esteem. <laughs>
0: but I feel... It, but it makes and an me, increasingly it,
2: diminishing sense of self-worth. Go on.
0: It makes me feel... I mean, to this day, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Like One of my really good friends here in Arizona, Like we were at a bar. A guy was hitting on her. She wasn't interested, so she turned him down. And then I got so uncomfortable. I was trying to overcompensate the situation. Um,
1: yeah, that's your <laughs> side. I yes, mean, you're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's your
2: bleep side. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but and I think like part of that it's just guys need to like we we don't really do a good job of helping. Um, e- e- um, well. High school boys, or even like young men, have real confidence, and and I know, Gomer, like we have gone back and forth on, on like what that is, but what I, what I mean by that is the ability to be rejected and not take it personally.
2: Well, if you think about it, and if people really, if you put any stock into the notion of millennials raised with participation trophies, right? So just think about that. We are. I mean, my dad was taught that when you're at a bar or when you're out at, you know, back then, a dance hall or something like that, or a speakeasy because my dad's from the 1800s, (laughs) when you're at a place that it's meant to be social and flirty and all that stuff, as a man, it's your job to go up and introduce yourself to the woman to try to win over the woman, right? And that's considered to be the mark of, like, a real man. But for my dad's generation, also, the mark of being a real man was if you got shot down, you went, ah, and then you moved on, and you didn't cry over it, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't let it destroy you. But today, if you are entitled to a yes because you are a gentleman, that's a huge problem, right? Like, yep. But I asked nicely, you know? And think about that song um, by the Beastie Boys, Girls. I was thinking about yes. this the other day, right, where he's like – so he goes to this girl, and he tries to ask her out or whatever, and then – she rejects him, and then she's like, well, you're probably gay. I asked her out, She said no way. I should have probably guessed her gay. So I broke north with no delay. You know, I guess I, I probably guessed her gay. You know, and then he discovers she was jocking Mike D, much to my dismay. No, you didn't think that lyric was funny. Okay, no, I, but no, that's sorry. like, yeah. but, but that's like the th- and I was choking to death. I was hoping someone would laugh. <laughs> all, all, all the all the moisture left in my throat for one brief second. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know that line is is like, well, you're probably gay then if you don't like me. You know, mm-hmm. like this crazy sense yeah. of entitlement, like uh, you owe me at least a conversation or at least to put me down nicely. You know, and it goes so far in the in the other direction. When you have super nice people, they will date you. <laughs> you know, they will they will do the thing they won't break up even though they know the relationship's miserable. And I would tell women My at high school Franciscan career. all career. Yeah, <laughs> My 20s. I would tell Yeah, I would tell women at Franciscan all the 100%. time. Like you have to be right, you have to be cruel <laughs> right. to be kind. You have to put men out of their misery because then they will actually get out of misery and move on with their lives. But what if it's mean? And I would say it's not – it doesn't matter. Like it's yeah. better to be mean now than I agree. drag someone along.
0: It's hard though. Like it, It's hard yeah. to do that because it's – I think – and maybe it's because I have a very emotional brother. I just feel like
2: <laughs> – <laughs> Who's
0: that?
2: <laughs> this is brand You, new you only have one brother. <laughs> you only have one brother. What?
0: I just feel like it's, it was always hard for me to let them down, you know um, – because i feel like they you know you you don't want to hurt their feelings
2: and i think that's good human decency and empathy you know when i see when, when i watch um meet the parents i feel utterly embarrassed and awkward <laughs> because of you know and there is a certain sense of that and I, I don't think like claiming patriarchy for everything that we feel in those circumstances is the appropriate thing there is a sense of like oh if if here you are trying to do a brave thing which is go up to an attractive woman and you probably look like uh an ogre and you're gonna buy (laughs) her a drink uh you know that's you know that's kind of brave but at the same time if she says no you need to walk away and just let that be the end of it but there there's too many instances where there's male pride that's that's wounded and then instead of just walking away or whatever it turns into this thing of of um anger and hate and rage and like crazy responses you know of women getting drinks thrown on them and, I, and the only reason why i bring that up is i have a friend who tells me that this has happened to her several times she's just at a bar with her girlfriends not wanting to dance with guys not wanting to do that and guys t- and then the guy's like well why won't you give me an effing chance you know and she's like well because of that right there i just don't want to i'm just hanging out with my girls yeah you know and and then the spiral
0: Yeah. Which, which coincides from what I said earlier. Like if, if I'm dressed a certain way, when I'm out at a bar, it's because I feel good about myself and I feel like I, you know, I look good. I'm not dressing for you. I'm out with my girlfriends having a good time. Um, But I feel like the same time, if a guy comes up to you, are you like, so say like, I accept your free drink. What does that mean to a guy? Does that mean that like, do you feel like you have an in then? Or are you just doing it to be nice?
2: Now, if I were to buy someone a drink, I would expect a drink duration conversation. But if I sent her a free drink, like I paid the bartender to be like, this is for the lady over there that looks so fine."
0: Hold on. Have you done that?
2: No.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went to Steubenville. That was frowned upon.
2: <laughs> no, but I will tell you the best day of my life at Steubenville, the best day was when a very awkward um, – and and just messed up individual wanted to buy the girls that I was talking to at a table some drinks so he said i want to buy that table their drinks but those girls in the inner room got up from one table and joined the long, big table with, like, 12 other people. And so the, <laughs> the, the, the waiter came up to us at this huge table and was like, that guy's buying your drinks. <laughs> and so he bought, like, he bought, like, 11 people four beers each for that night. And then we all just got up and left. Like, we're like, I think you made an honest mistake, but we're going to leave. <laughs> well, I thank you, sir. Yeah. Good Dick to you. But I mean that guy probably expected the you know, someone to be like, Oh my gosh, you're so sweet and you must be rich and can we hang out at your place? Like you just paid twenty dollars for twelve bud light in Stupidville, Ohio. <laughs> it's a great place to raise a family.
0: I just I don't know. I feel like I I mean in college I was queen of accepting a free drink and then going my own way. Like I would never talk to the guy.
2: That's, I think that's awesome. No one has ever bought me a drink, so I don't know what it's like.
0: I'll buy you a drink the next time we go to a bar.
2: That's eh, inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm much too intimidated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you imagine that? If a woman ever bought me a drink, like, Hey, I just uh, Actually, thought you know I'd what? buy you. You know who
0: doesn't, yeah. it, you don't intimidate me. Shannon intimidates me. I'd be like,
2: <laughs> That's only because she could beat the hell out of you. Oh, for
0: yeah. sure. For
2: sure. Show do to you if you want down the back of golf, Gormley. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't approve of that language. And she's like, I own you. And I was like, this is what we're talking about. This is the conversation we're trying to address. <laughs> These are mine. These are where my
1: babies come from. Is that an O.J. Simpson quote? That was a family guy thing. No one remembered that. I'm sorry. Nope.
2: I got real. O.J. OJ, yeah, thanks, Luke. Uh, O.J. Simpson one time said that about Nicole. Oh, God! It was like right before their divorce. Oh, no. He like he like pointed at her vagina. He goes, you see this? This is where my babies come from. Oh, I don't even think they had kids. And wait, he's like, this belongs out. to they me. Had two, he's taking me out they had singing. two kids.
0: And Gomer, how do you know this?
2: <laughs> because I lived in L.A. during the trial. I drove down to the courthouse and bought a t-shirt that said, don't squeeze the juice. <laughs> because I lived right off the four hundred five that he was driving down uh, in his white Ford Bronco,
0: California.
2: Uh, every summer since I was a prepubescent adolescent, I mean, you just uh, which life caused I the greatest that. father wound in my life. What
0: you get this life? I feel like I don't even know about.
2: Yeah, I lived in Southern California at the height of uh, Compton gangster rap, South Central, right after the a... riots Ooh. during OJ. It was Dude. a fascinating time. Inglewood, always up to no good. Always up to no good. And I lived in Long Beach, too. So I had that Snoop Dogg, you know, association. Obviously. yeah. I in Long Beach. Man, you know you in trouble. So this has gone on for an hour and 45 (laughs) minutes. I think we should wrap it up with uh, a a, a less serious question. Yes. Luke, Luke, what are you listening to? (gasps)
1: to
0: Wait, hold on. I was really hoping you guys would ask this question. Proceed.
1: Okay. Uh, what am I listening to? So right short now, short answer.
2: Short answer.
1: You blew it. By no the, the the band. uh you blew it. I love them. They're they're great.
2: What kind of band is that?
1: They're like an old emo band. Think like uh, the Get Up Kids or like early Jimmy Eat World kind of stuff.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Emily,
2: Let what are you email. listening to? Um, Twenty One Pilots. Heathen. Oh, are
0: you serious? Uh, okay. First of all, hometown pride. From
1: um, Columbus.
0: But they went to OU.
1: Oh, they went to OU. I thought they went to o- o-
2: Ohio State. No, OU. Okay.
0: I believe. Don't quote me, but I believe. Well, there's... what kind of
2: music? What kind of music did they play? Because no one's ever heard of them. No, you know, the they, kids. They, they, love
0: just, them. they just played on SNL this past Saturday.
2: Uh, does anyone watch the bands at SNL? The answer is no. Go on.
0: Am I the only one? Um...
2: <laughs> Me and uh, Aaron watched it. It was good.
0: I mean, how can you not watch SNL right now with everything that's going on?
2: Oh, but... what kind of band are they? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I want to go to bed. <laughs> Listen, we're the are I mean, sorry. We're the bleep. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> this is going to go on and on. Um, uh, how would like... you
0: describe them? I mean, they're kind of like... Um... Like,
1: new, like, rap rock with, like, more like a modern kind of twisted. So, like, think if like Walk of the Moon had more high energy rap. You know, shut up and dance with me. This woman is my. But dancer. you know
0: what I, what I secretly love right now? Who is my Bruno Mars is like my guilty pleasure, and Twenty Four K Magic just really gets my day started.
1: Well, there you go. Who Good. are you? Who are you listening to Gomer?
2: A uh, little uh, Timothy Keller Center Church. I have even I have no idea what that is. Oh, is it like it's true? not a band, it's an audiobook. It's called research people. It's what I do. <laughs> hey, can I tell you something? Oh wait. Can I tell you something? I haven't told anyone else except for my wife and another friend. I uh my a better friend, sorry, Luke. All yeah. right. Um, uh, hope I can have my sister on the next show <laughs> I would love to see what a sister of yours would look like
0: well, can, we, can we actually make something clear real fast Is I remember when I went to go visit Luke in Steubenville Gomer told me that I he thought I would look like Luke with long hair and I just want to make it clear that I do not look like that <laughs>
2: No. no, well, they will know by me putting the album art of Very us in that epic photo. So, Luke, you have to send this to me. You for have to, because
0: I am, I am not Luke with long hair.
2: No, what
1: you really should use is the picture of me and Emily when we were, like, in, like, third and fourth
2: grade. Please don't. <laughs> the you- perm that Luke had, Yes. <laughs> Um, anywho, anywho, I gotta end this show because <laughs> I I have so many late nights, so many late nights. So I, mean, I, are I you just want to
0: make fun. I don't understand.
2: <laughs> are you not entertained? I'm not entertained because your blouse or whatever shirt thing women wear, uh, it's it's touching the microphone and it makes this shh noise. I just dropped.
0: I just dropped the thing back off.
2: Okay, but anywho, I'm writing a book and I already wrote it and it's done. Good and I the rough draft is done and I'm gonna rewrite it and publish it on my website as an ebook.
0: That's exciting.
2: I know, I'm excited. I've never good done anything you. like that. Good for gotta you. Got to pull the trigger on this stuff.
0: Gomer doing big things. I'm proud.
2: Well, I
1: uh, made dinner tonight. <laughs> it was a quiche. You, I heated you make, it up.
0: going to say, did you make your chili? That is always very <laughs> unfortunate for everyone.
1: I make good chili. Very good. All right, well, a- a- Emily, I-, I love you. This has been awesome. I love you.
0: Thank I hope you. we got some points across. I hope we.
2: I think so. Okay. Emily, I, I like you, but I don't know if I'm ready to love again.
0: I mean we've we've had a, a very traumatic past.
2: We have. We have. Do, you, do you remember when like we came home from college one time and all of Emily's friends thought Gilmore was hot?
1: Yeah. So none, uh, none of your friends
2: thought I was hot. So they all di- thought I was magnetic and charismatic because I have the cavorka. That doesn't mean I'm hot.
0: It, no, they thought you were hot, and they're like, "He's just like a big teddy bear."
2: Uh, that means I'm fat and hairy. That's what that <laughs> means. Listen, I n- have enough friends in the gay community to know what a bear is. Okay,
0: you're definitely a bear for sure.
2: I know for
0: sure. Yeah. <laughs>